Welcome to the Worship Place podcast. We are thankful we can worship with you and pray this message blesses your day. We look forward to seeing you in person next service. There's many things that you could be doing tonight, I'm sure of it. I know many of you are exhausted from a long day of work or maybe a long day of retirement, still exhausting, but you have decided to come to the house of the Lord tonight, and I am thankful that you are here. I know God is thankful that you are here, and we're believing that God is going to move here tonight in Jesus' name. If you are able to shake a few hands, say hi to a few people around you, greet them, say thank you for coming to the house of the Lord tonight, being in the midst of his presence here. We can give blessings to one another and begin to learn from each other. We serve such a good God. And if this is your first time at the worship place, we want to say welcome. Thank you for coming tonight. If you can't tell, there's a lot of smiling faces here, a lot of people who are excited and happy to be here. Uh, we would love to meet you and greet you uh, and get to know you. Uh, so please continue to come back and let us introduce ourselves unto you. Let's stand tonight and say a word of prayer for uh, the scripture and what God is going to bring forward tonight. We also want to pray for the situation in the midst of Israel. I don't know if you all have seen that. If you look at the news, maybe some of you do, maybe some of you don't, but there is a critical situation that is going on there. It absolutely can play into biblical times and biblical prophecies and, and pieces that are inside of our Bible. And so we want to pray for all those that are there. There's hostages. There's people who have lost lives. I mean, the situation is just detrimental. And, uh, you know, there's so many things that we could try to do, but the one that will absolutely begin to take hold in that place is prayer. We can pray here and see the impact in the nation of Israel and the situation that is going on there uh, in Jesus' name. So we're going to pray for that tonight. Before we dive into that, just one announcement. This weekend was supposed to be the ladies' conference. It is no longer this weekend, but it has been moved to November 10th and 11th. So if you show up this weekend, you're welcome to sit in the parking lot, but you may not enjoy too much of a ladies' conference there. So I would encourage you to come November 10th and 11th uh, to be here for that ladies' conference. Let's lift our hands tonight. Let's close our eyes, and let's begin to pray unto God for this situation and his word tonight. God, we thank you so much for inviting us into your house, God, for letting us come before you, Jesus, and letting us bow down at your feet, Jesus. I am believing you to work miracles tonight, to speak to our hearts and our minds, Jesus, that your word will go forward and it will be put down inside of our hearts and minds, Jesus, that you will water that word and let it begin to grow inside of our lives, Jesus. We speak to this situation in the nation of Israel, God. We know that you have your hand upon this nation, and Jesus, that there is nothing that will be able to come against you or your kingdom. And so, Jesus, we pray that you would 
pour wisdom and peace, God, into that country. And Lord, that you would guide our leaders of the United States and around the world to handle this situation appropriately, God. We pray for all those that are hurting, God, in despair right now, that you can speak into their household, God. Lord, that glory can come unto your name, Jesus, and you can begin to heal right now, Jesus, inside of these households. I thank you, God, for the power that is inside of your name, God, in these prayers that have went forward tonight. We believe this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. If you believe that with me, let's praise his name tonight and give him some glory. Jesus, we thank you and we exalt your mighty name, God. You are high above all else and we glorify you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You can be seated tonight in Jesus' name. The Elisios are out of town, Pastor and Sister Elisio. We are so thankful for them and their guidance inside of our church. And so I am grateful that they have asked me to stand before you again. I count it as a high honor to stand before you and bring to you the word of God and what he might speak here tonight. I was in prayer about what to bring to you, and I actually had something different on my mind up until just a little while ago, and God began to give me a specific word and specific scriptures to bring to you tonight, so I have changed gears in order to present that to you tonight, and I believe that it is here for somebody in this place. The word that I want to present to you tonight is, I know we say the word as far as the scripture, but the word, the one word that I want to present to you tonight is this word. It is fortitude, fortitude, fortitude is the word that I want to present to you tonight. This word means courage in pain or adversity. Courage in pain or adversity. I learned about this word in the midst of a high school that I was standing in that had some major issues and some traumatizing things that happened inside of this school. And so they decided to print these t-shirts that had this word across it. It began to draw my attention into these t-shirts and this particular word. And I wanted to understand more about this word and its meaning. And that's where I began to dig deep. And I found that it's quite simply that, courage and pain or adversity. And so if you walk out of here with anything tonight, I believe that God wants you to walk out of here with courage. Courage in who he is. Courage in knowing that you have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords on your side. That no matter what situation is around you, no matter what you may return to, no matter what, what people may be doing unto you, you can have courage that God is there with you. And even if there is nothing negative happening inside of your life, let me tell you, God still wants you to have courage to stand in boldness and proclaim his word and speak his truth to the nations around us. I believe that they're taking up an offering tonight. I'm sorry if I missed that. I'm used to being in the youth class. If you have an offering, the brother up here uh, has that, that bucket. I can't see with these lights what's going on behind, so I apologize tonight with that in Jesus' name. But courage and pain or adversity. There's a story, and I know Pastor Alicio has relayed this, of a Navy SEAL named Marcus Luttrell. If you have not heard his story, you can read it inside of a book that he has wrote since he went through his ordeal. 
But he was deployed with a team of four Navy SEALs into the midst of of the the Taliban and Al-Qaeda countries of Iraq and Afghanistan. And he was out on a mission and a patrol with these three other gentlemen when they happened to stumble across a native young boy. They had a tough decision. Do they capture this young boy and, and kidnap him? Or do they let him go back to his people where he will tell everybody that they have snuck into the country and they are in the mountains? These four men decided to make the decision that they would release this boy and send him back into his village. They send this boy back into the village and begin to set up camp, trying to hide from the enemy at this particular point. But pretty soon, just as they expected, the boy told the camp, told his family, told the village about the Americans and the Navy SEALs that were in the mountains. Pretty soon, this village, the people who were here, began to rise up and come into the mountains to fight against these four Navy SEALs. Pretty soon, the odds were against them. It was these four Navy SEALs taking on hundreds of Taliban and Al-Qaeda. I can't quite remember which one they were fighting at this time, but taking on this military might. These four men stood their ground. They hid behind rocks. They took out many of the enemy, and they attempted to escape as fast as they possibly could. These men began to take heavy fire, and as they retreated, they ended up taking shots to their bodies. Some of these men would end up taking 17 shots to their body before going down. But many of these men would continue fighting, even with being wounded, even with being hurt, even being in the midst of a tough circumstance. They would continue to fight until the last minute. Marcus Luttrell fought alongside these three other gentlemen, and eventually they began to to fall one by one. Marcus Luttrell was the only one who was remaining out of the group. He was able to slide down a hill where he ended up breaking both of his legs and he had to escape from this enemy who was in hot pursuit of him. Hundreds of enemy soldiers who wanted to find this one more soldier left inside of the woods. He began to crawl with only his hands and he crawled for such a long time that his mouth became dry and his tongue stuck to the top of his mouth. He eventually found a pool of water that he fell into, and it was in this pool of water that an Afghan person walked up to him and discovered where he was at. Thankfully, this person was on his side and decided to take him into his household and hide him until the the, the army could get there to save this Navy SEAL. It was a massive ordeal that Marcus Luttrell went through, but he says that what he went through was nothing compared to those other three who stood their ground to fight against the enemy. Even in the midst of a wound that they had inside of them, they stood against the enemy. And so tonight I bring you that story to say this, that we are soldiers in the kingdom of God, and we must be willing to stand for what is right and stand for biblical truths in the midst of our world. And no matter what shots begin to come against us, no matter what begins to hit us over and over and over again, we must begin to put fortitude upon and say, I am going to have courage in the midst of pain or adversity in Jesus' name. That I desire to stand for the King of kings and the Lord of lords because he is the only one that I can trust, the only king who has my back, the only one who will defend me in the midst of my circumstance in Jesus name 
So tonight, I want to bring you a scripture from Romans chapter 8. I get a little confused sometimes with speaking Romans because my son's name is Ronan. And so when I was trying to give the scripture to Sister Joanne in the back, I kept saying Ronan chapter 8, but I meant to say Romans chapter 8. So Romans chapter 8, a scripture that we are familiar with. I'm actually going to jump down to verse 35, some powerful words that are spoken here. The scripture says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It doesn't say what. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That's already beginning to tell us that, man, sometimes there's people who want to get between us and the love of Christ, but we cannot let that happen. We cannot let unforgiveness, discouragement, despair with somebody else cause us to remove ourselves from the love of Christ. But we must say, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says this, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, that none of these things should be able to separate us from the love of our God. He continues to say, as it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But in verse 37 it changes and says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Meaning that you are not meant to be some defeated person that is put down and bashed over the head every single day and crawling out of a hole because you you just can't make it. And if you are there, believe me, we are here to grab a hold of you tonight and to pull you from that and to say there is a life that is so much better. That you can live victoriously in the kingdom of God. It says we are more than conquerors through him. It's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it is through his that I am a conqueror when I walk every day. That no matter what might be before me, if it's somebody who needs healed, or somebody who needs delivered, or if somebody needs the gift of the Holy Ghost, whatever it might be, I can claim that situation and conquer it. That there is no devil, there is nothing before me that is going to take down my God or his name. It continues to say that I am persuaded that neither death, something pretty big, right? That death is something that's scary. It says neither death nor life nor angels. If you think that angels are scary, let me tell you that you have the ability to rise above them if they are standing in your way. I'm talking about evil angels before you. It says nor principalities. What Satan uses to come against us or cities or environments around us, nor powers or things present or things in the future, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so if there is a scripture tonight 
that gives you courage to say, look, I can walk out of here and not worry about these things that might be before me. Believe, believe me, I know that there might be situations that come up in your life and there's certainly going to be things around you, but you can walk in courage and, and rise above your situation and say, God, I'm believing that even if there is pain, even if there is adversity, you have given me the ability to overcome that and there is nothing that is going to separate me from you, God. It becomes so easy to begin to say, man, I, I'm feeling uh, something and, and I, I just don't think I can, can make it to church tonight or I just don't think I can make it to God or, or God, I don't have the ability to communicate with you any longer. But believe me, this scripture is telling us here tonight that you can begin to fight through that. You can still connect with God that no matter what situation is there present in your life, it will not be able to keep him from you unless you allow it to inside of your life. We have to say, I want some fortitude inside of my life. I want some courage and pain or adversity, not just when things are going good, but God, if things are going bad, let it fire me up to say, God, I'm going to do something better tomorrow, God. I'm going to launch deeper tomorrow, God. I'm going to rise above this situation so that it does not come back anymore. I'm going to be delivered from my addiction, God, so I do not have to touch that anymore. God, I believe in your power. If I'm scared of praying for those around, I'm going to begin to put some courage down inside of my life and say, God, lead me to people to pray for. And as I begin to pray for them, then you will begin to, to see the courage well up inside of you and God begin to work through you. Our God wants to be a part of your life. But there's things around us that will try to challenge us. One of those could be the word fear that we've talked about. I heard this saying, I don't know where it came from, but it says this, that fear is the dark room where Satan develops his pictures inside of our lives. Fear is the dark room where Satan develops his pictures in our lives. Now, for those of you who are young, you may not know that at one point in time you had to submit your photos to be developed. And you took them down to Walmart or whatever it might be, and they would take them through this process and bring them into a dark room where they would begin to translate these photos into the, these pictures you had taken into the actual image. So you would have no clue what this picture was going to look like until you actually received the actual paper copy. I remember we ended up with, man, half the reel sometimes of, of photos that just were worthless because we ended up taking pictures of the floor or the sky or who knows what we took pictures of because we couldn't see them instantly. You would pose with your friend and then the photo would be ruined. You wouldn't have that photo. But in this circumstance, this saying, what it's saying here is that fear can traumatize us so much that we begin to listen to what the enemy has to say. Or we begin to listen to what the world has to say around us. It began to creep into my workplace today. Actually, one of my coworkers was, was talking about the situation in the nation of Israel, and he, he was just so worried about what might happen inside of his life here in America, thinking, man, they're going to come and invade and all these things. And I was just thinking, man, what, what are you talking about? I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But it was fear that was trying to creep into the situation. It begins to come up sometimes when we're thinking about maybe laying on hands of, of somebody or praying for our coworker or asking if they need prayer. Well, what if they say no to me? Oh, man. 
And then all of a sudden that word no gets developed in the dark room and becomes this massive picture of, man, they didn't just say no, but the entire city turned against me and they're chasing me down the street. And man, it's this big situation. I'm scared to pray for somebody or lay hands on them, right? But that's not what God wants us to live in the midst of. He doesn't want us to live in the midst of the dark room with these things developing before us, but he wants us to live with courage and not just a worldly courage, but a godly courage that says, I don't have to be the strongest person physically, but my goodness, spiritually, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to learn him and his abilities and his will and his desires so that I can begin to speak to the people around me that so desperately need him inside of their lives. I heard an interesting podcast this morning actually that, that talked about the word anxiety. That it seems like, and, and if you suffer with, with uh, chronic anxiety, I'm not here to belittle that, but this was a, a doctor who has studied this for a long amount of time, a, a Christian person, but he said, what if anxiety isn't what we move it to be? That sometimes we think that anxiety is our enemy. That anxiety is the thing that is against us. And I, I was like, well, yeah, you know, like that's what I've heard inside of my life. That anxiety is the thing that I need to battle against and I need to overcome and I need to rise above it and, and that sort of thing. And he said, yeah, you know, there's a certain level that absolutely we do need to come against that and battle it and fight it. But he said, what if anxiety is something that God naturally put inside of us to tell us when a situation is going wrong? That maybe when a situation isn't going exactly right, God begins to put that inside of us so that we can handle that situation appropriately instead of just passing on by it and not knowing what is going on there, right? So if we have that anxiety with praying for somebody, maybe God gives us that situation so that we trust in him and we don't begin to trust in ourselves and say, God, it was because of me that this person was healed. But we begin to say, man, I didn't have the power. I didn't have the ability. I, I was anxious. I didn't know what God was going to do, but I still put my hand on their head and I still saw the healing go forward into their life in Jesus' name. I don't have time to go deep into that tonight, but I want to say that God wants you to have courage in pain or adversity. You could put a little bit of anxiety inside of there that God wants you to have courage in the midst of that. It might be uncomfortable to step out of the situation and begin to walk out onto the water. It might be uncomfortable to begin to, to, to lead your family into the presence of God. It might be uncomfortable to pray in front of your spouse or your children if they haven't ever seen you do that before. But let me tell you tonight, God wants to give you some courage to say you can do it. You can and pray in front of them and show, show them how to exalt God in the midst of your household. God can give you courage inside of your workplace to absolutely transform it and turn your world upside down. He doesn't want you to just go there and be fearful of what they say and the people around you, but he wants you to stand strong upon his word to show them that there is a God who loves them. And it is through his courage that this will begin to happen. Daniel chapter 6, we see a biblical story of this playing out before our eyes. That Daniel, a man who served God, a man who honored God, a man who, who was, was seeking God more so than many people that we see inside of the Bible. He was a man that just wanted God and more of him every single day from what we see in scriptures. 
But in this, this, this chapter, we see that people became so upset with Daniel that they wanted to get back at him. They wanted to take him from his position and kill what God had given to him. They, they wanted to take away Daniel's smile and take away his ability to minister and witness to those around. And so these wise guys go unto the king and they say, King, we, we think you need to put this mandate out that for 30 days people cannot pray to anything but save you alone, king. We only want them to pray unto you. And if they need anything, they need to come and ask you. And, and king, not only that, but if they decide to pray unto anything else or another God or try to trust in anything other than you, then we want them to be thrown into a den of lions. We want them to be killed, king. We, we want them to be gone. They knew that this would trip Daniel up. And they knew that he would either end up in the den of lions or that he would, would uh, go these days and just be belittled for 30 days because he could not pray unto God. But it's amazing inside of that scripture because we see that the king put this mandate out across the land. And Daniel, this man of God, said, you know what? It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not scared. I'm not intimidated. I don't know what he was feeling inside of him himself. He might have been feeling a little anxious at that point. But he said, I am not going to let it stop me from serving God. And so Daniel goes to his house. He doesn't close the doors. He doesn't close the windows. He doesn't shut things down and put his head under the pillow and pray into his bed so nobody can hear him. But he opens the windows wide and leaves them open, Scripture tells us. And he begins to pray unto God because he knew where his help would come from. Daniel was not intimidated by what these men had mandated. And he knew that his God would take care of him in the midst of his circumstance or his situation. He was likely feeling some adversary at that particular point, likely feeling some pain at that particular point. But Daniel began to put a godly courage upon his shoulders and say, I'm going to seek God out in the midst of my circumstance and believe that he is going to take me through. So what happens when Daniel begins to pray? The wise guys go and tell the king that Daniel's praying. The king gets upset and says, man, I don't want to put Daniel in there. He's such a nice guy, but I have to abide by the law that I've given. And so he has Daniel arrested and thrown into the den of lions. If you think about how tough that would be at that particular moment, it would be discouraging. God, I've served you my entire life up to this moment. God, I disobeyed the king's orders to serve you. God, I gave you everything, my life, and now I'm in a pit with a lion, and I'm likely to die tonight. Daniel does not get discouraged in the midst of that, but again puts on that courage and begins to seek God in the midst of that pit. Scripture says that the following day, they return to that pit. And, and, and it's understandable that it likely had some sort of a cap on it. And they took the cap off thinking that Daniel would be lost in the midst of this, this cave or this den that they had put him in with this lion. And unbeknown to the king, God had protected Daniel that entire night. And so Daniel in this pit, was protected 
by his God because he had faith and courage to trust in him. And not only that, but it changed the king to say, Daniel, I want to know your God more than I have before. It was a change. It was a challenge that began to change a whole nation because of Daniel's stance. So let me say this tonight again. Let me remind you that odds may look against you. You may say, God, I come to church every Wednesday. I come to church every Sunday. I'm in the prayer room every single day. God, why would this situation be allowed to come to pass inside of my life? Or my brother or my sister or my friend around me, God, why would you allow this to happen to them? Because they are in the midst of this fight, God, and I don't want to see it take them out. But God is here to say that nothing will be able to separate us from his love and that he is reaching down to put courage inside of your life tonight to say that even if you are not facing something now when you begin to face it in your future I believe that you will have the courage to rise above and to stand strong in the midst of your circumstance. We don't know what our country is going to begin to do but there could very well come a time where they come down and say you no longer can teach and preach the things that you do and will you bow unto that before just like the king before Daniel or will you stand and say I am not going to bow unto that but I'm going to take scripture inside of my household and as for me and my house we will serve the Lord we will give our praise unto him we are not intimidated by the world around us or intimidated by the world's ideas or doctrines that try to bring us down we are not intimidated the slightest by that but I begin to say that in pain or adversity. I'm going to have courage and I'm going to stand before the King of Kings and say, God, you are the one who has my life in control. If we bow to the world's system, we're under its control. If we bow to Satan's system, we're under its control. But I would rather live a life of liberty and freedom in the house of God and be punished and persecuted and had things said unto me than to bow unto those things. I would rather somebody say, man, he had courage just like Daniel than to bow unto any of these false doctrines that are inside of this world around us trying to bring down the kingdom of God. There are many people inside of the Bible that you can research. I don't have time to go into all of them tonight. But one of them was Stephen, who was only doing good, yet he was stoned before his town and his city. He had to have courage. He stood and he gave his, his praise unto God. Another one was Saul, who became Paul in the New Testament. And we can see that there were people around him that asked him the question, how can you preach with the past that you have? How can you do the things that you're doing now, Paul, when you were the one that was killing people and persecuting people? How can you overcome that? And in fact, Scripture indicates that there were places he could not preach because of what he had done in his past. There were people who rejected him and his ministry because of that. But he still had the courage to say, God has touched my life. 
And even if there is an adversary before me, even if there is pain, I will rise above it to do what God has called me to do. We must do that for our households. We must do that for our children. We must do that for our families and say, I am not going to bow to something that wants to bring me down, but I am going to bring the Lord God into my house and exalt him high above all else. There's another prophet named Elijah. And if that one didn't impact you, the, the, the word from Paul there of your past, and if you have a past, believe me, tonight God can give you the courage to overcome that. But Elijah was another one who took out many prophets of Baal, and they were consumed. But this prophet who trusted so well in God began to hear word that people wanted to kill him. So he fled into the mountain, and he began to hide in a cave and weep there and tried to hide from his enemy that was before him. But if you look at that scripture, you will see that God asked him three times, Elijah, what are you doing in this cave? Where are you at? What is up with your situation? God asked him three different times that same exact question over and over again. You see, Elijah was not meant to go hide in the cave. He was not meant to go hide in the Wednesday night service or the Sunday morning service or the prayer room. But God was saying, Elijah, you're more powerful than that. You're more powerful than you understand. You do not have to fear this death that they're saying around you. You do not have to fear what they're saying at your workplace, but you can stand upon my faith and my word and begin to walk out there and proclaim this scripture against the prophets of Baal. And Elijah, I will take care of you. I will hold your hand. I will protect you in the midst of that in Jesus' name. I always say this, but what are they going to do? Kill me? And if they decide to do that, guess where I get to go? Where I hope I go in Jesus' name to, to heaven, right? So intimidate me with that. Say it how you want to do so. But I know because of my God that nothing will separate me from his love. And I know where I'm going to go in the midst of that. So our courage, it must be something that comes from God. It can be so easy to say I'm going to do it on my own. That I've lifted the weights I have the ability to do it on my own. But that's not the courage I'm talking about. Some lone ranger with a badge on that, that thinks that, that, that they have it all in control inside of their lives. And if you're here tonight, I'm not here to, to, to condemn you for that. But I'm here to say that there's something that you need to get a hold of because there is a God who is so much stronger that will take you through the situations that you cannot make it through. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to be a lone ranger. It's dangerous to think that you can do it on your own. And when I was a single guy and on shift work in the middle of the night, I wouldn't have the opportunity to call somebody because everybody was asleep. And there were times that I was tempted to do it on my own. But I had to quickly realize where my help came from and the God that was impacting my life. You see, there's a difference between a lone ranger and then alone apostolic with the presence of God. You may feel alone, but you are not lonely. You may feel neglected, but believe me, God is right there with you. 
You may be saying tonight, Brother Fitzner, I don't know how I can have courage inside of my life because I can't even muster a little bit here tonight. But let me tell you, you coming here tonight was a little bit of courage. And God wants to take that and multiply it times 10 and send you out with more than you had tonight so that you can walk out of this place saying, I can rise above my circumstance in my situation. I can reach people around me and not be intimidated by what they have to say about my God or what he can do in Jesus' name. You see, when courage comes from God, the simple things begin to stop affecting our position with God. When we begin to let that courage well up inside of us, no longer do the color of the walls begin to intimidate us from coming to church anymore. No longer does the person who frowned at us last Sunday begin to intimidate us from coming to church again. No longer does the first person saying no to us asking them to teach them a Bible study begin to discourage us. But we begin to say, God, I know I'm going to pray for them even more and believe it's going to happen. But God, you have given me the courage, so send me somebody, God. And no matter how many times I'm neglected, I'm going to keep stepping. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep reaching. I'm going to keep desiring what you have. God, even if I don't want to teach a Bible study, I'm going to keep growing deeper in prayer. I'm going to keep walking closer to you, God. I'm going to take steps every single day that if I don't hear from you today, I'm going to still continue walking towards you because I have courage, God. Even if I'm still feeling pain and I don't hear your voice, Jesus, I desire you and I desire to be at your feet, God. Even when I don't understand my circumstance, God, I'm going to keep walking towards you because you have given me courage in pain, or adversity. It's what God wants to do for you. It's the place he wants to take you to. I'm certainly not trying to cover up the problems that some come with. But it begins to cause me to question sometimes when it seems like it's the same situation over and over and over again. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing in every circumstance. But what I'm saying here tonight is that God wants to break that cycle from continuing every single time. If every single service it's the same problem, if every single service or every time somebody asks you how you're doing, it's the same answer over and over again of a depressing story or what might be going on. I'm not here to belittle that by any means today. But what I'm here to say is that God doesn't want you to live in the midst of that, but desires for you to live in the midst of freedom. He desires for you to live in the midst of liberty. And not only that, but to have such an overwhelming courage around you that when you step out of your house in the morning, it could be snowing. It could be 50 degrees below zero, but you can still say, God, I trust in you for this day. And I believe you are going to work through me today. Lord, I believe you are going to touch my situation and God wants to heal you and help you to rise above that today in Jesus name. We're going to pray for that here in just a few minutes, but sometimes we struggle with these things around us. We begin to see the rules of the church. We begin to see the pain. We begin to see the hurts that somebody else gave to us a, a little while before. But God desires to deliver us from all of those. I once heard it said 
that sometimes the reason that we see rules is because we're using a ruler. That sometimes we begin to envision how high something is or try to imagine how high something is. And we only know that it goes to a certain height is because we're using a ruler or something to measure with. We have to be careful that the only thing we use to measure is the word of God. And if we will begin to measure every circumstance around us, every pain, every adversity, every problem with the word of God, believe me, those things, even though that they may seem overwhelming, pretty soon you'll begin to realize that your God is a pretty big God. Your God is much larger than what might be in that circumstance. That that person who has cancer through their entire body, you may say, man, I, I, I pull out my measuring tape and I, God, I don't know. This one seems like it's a big, tough situation. I don't think it's the ability of God to do that. But when we pull out the word of God and we begin to say that we should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that by his stripes we are healed, and we begin to measure with the word of God, then pretty soon the limits of the church, the walls of the church begin to fall down and break away. They begin to break off from our life around us, and soon we begin to walk in the courage of the Lord, that nothing is impossible for my God, that there is nothing that he cannot work through, no workplace, no no president, nothing around me that he cannot touch and move in the midst of tonight. Do you believe that? Do you trust God for that? Do you believe that he is a God who does not have rules or limits to his ability uh, and he's going to move inside of your life? In Jesus' name, I want to share just a couple quick stories with you tonight before I conclude. The first one, and I will hurry through these, but I just want to give you a scripture. You can look up many scriptures inside of the, the Bible about courage and having no fear, but one of these inside of, is inside of Joshua 1 and 9, and it says, Have I not con- commanded you, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This happens many times throughout the Bible, that almost the same exact scripture is quoted over and over and over again to the people of God. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. But your God goes with you wherever you go. There was a pastor who told the story of going into a jail every single week, and he would go there to teach a Bible study over and over again. He, he taught people. He saw people baptized in Jesus' name. He saw people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And pretty soon as he was teaching this Bible study, there was a person who showed up at his study and began to confront him about what he was doing. And he asked the person, what is your problem? This person began to express to this, this, this pastor that she was a witch and that every single person who had came before this apostolic person, she had began to curse and got them to remove themselves from the jail and shut their Bible study down. 
But for some reason, when this apostolic person like you and me would come into the jail and begin to teach Bible studies, she had no power or ability over him. And she said, I want to know what your power is of, because every time I try to condemn you, all I begin to see is blood. All I begin to see is blood. And if you don't remember, our God went to a cross and died, and his blood covers us here today. And it's an example to show that you can walk with courage into intimidating situations, and nothing can begin to overcome you as long as you are doing it with him inside of his kingdom and believing in him and his faith. There's another brother, and I don't know that I can mention his name with this story here tonight, but he went into the nation of Iraq as a missionary. He began to go and reach many people around him, but soon he began to realize that these families were having their children killed and murdered for serving the Lord God that you and I serve. And so pretty soon he showed up to this remote village with this people of God, and he quickly ran up to them, and they were excited to have him there. And he said, we need to go. I need to get you out of this area. And these people began to look at him and say, no, who are you? We're not going to leave this area. Why, why would we leave our home? And he said, but, but there's a need. There, there's, there's tough adversaries around you. They want to kill you. They're killing your sons and daughters. They're killing people around you. They're killing your friends and family. Why don't you want to leave where you're at? And they said, sir, we're sorry that we were mistaken, but we thought you were a missionary who believed in the word of God, that we can trust in him and he will take us through our difficult circumstances. We thought that you were a missionary who was going to come and proclaim the word of God and set us on fire and turn us around and tell us to keep on fighting into the adversary, keep on telling us to fight into our circumstance so that we can win more souls, so that we can win more people over and over again. And this gentleman tells how that convicted him and changed his mindset for all of the nations that he began to reach. He is now in a position inside of our church and beginning to lead in incredible ways. But I'm telling you, that situation shook him. There are people in our world around us who face adversity that is much tougher than we do. And I'm not trying to say that we live in the midst of that circumstance. What I'm here to say tonight is that whatever problem might be before you, whatever might be intimidating you from coming unto God or from reaching out to him, or whatever might be intimidating you from reaching your workplace, I want to say tonight that God desires to give you some fortitude. He desires to give you some courage and pain, adversity. If they can do it with a threat upon their lives and their children's lives and reach those around, then God wants to do it for you. And it begins to excite me when we don't battle the enemy on our own turf. But we begin to take the battle to him and say, Satan, you have no power or ability over my life, over my household, but I'm coming to your household and I am taking back everything that you have ever stolen from me, anything that you have ever intimidated me with, anything that you have ever tried to take down from my brother or sister. I'm coming back because tonight God gave me some courage and some adverse against that adversity or pain and it's not going to hold me down any longer, but I'm 
I am coming after you to take back what is rightfully mine in the house of God. I'm coming to take it back for my church. I'm coming to take it back for my family, for my brother or my sister or whoever might be around me in Jesus' name. If you can stand tonight, we're going to believe this and we're going to believe that God is going to impart this unto you. If you would like special prayer, you're welcome to come down into this altar tonight as I pray. But, but tonight I want to pray a prayer over every single person inside of this room. Believing that God is going to give you the authority to walk with that courage this week. That tomorrow morning... If something comes up and hits you in your face, if a circumstance goes horribly wrong, you can say, I serve God. Nothing shall be able to separate me. Nothing shall be able to take away what I have with my God. There's nothing that's going to strip me of that, but I am going to have courage in my God and Him alone. So tonight, if you believe that and you want to come down to this altar, you can. I invite you to come. But if you want to stay in your seat, I encourage you to lift your hand up. And I want to pray a prayer over you before we go and begin to pray for those who are down here before us. In Jesus' name, let's lift our hands and begin to believe that tonight. In Jesus' name, God, I believe by the power and authority in your word, God. I believe in the power and the authority that you have given to this platform tonight. Jesus, that you are releasing courage into this place, God. That no longer is intimidation, God, depression, guilt, or shame going to take anyone tonight. But Jesus, we release that faith into this place tonight, Lord. We dismiss fear. We bind it. God. We turn it around and turn it back to Satan himself. And tonight, God, we say that there is courage released in your house, Lord, that no matter what pain is here, no matter what adversity, God, Lord, you have released courage to stand upon your word. You have given these people the victory, God, to sound the alarm, God, to proclaim you from the mountaintop. And Jesus, we are here to say that tomorrow, Lord, we are going to march more strongly to Tonight, God, that we are not going to pick up what we once had, but we are going to pick up courage, God, from you and you alone. Jesus, that we cannot fight this battle on our own, but we can fight it with you and with your kingdom, Jesus. We release that into every person that has came here tonight. In Jesus' name, I would encourage you to keep praying if you so desire tonight. In Jesus' name, if you want special prayer, come down to this altar and we will pray with you tonight. But let's believe God for that. In Jesus' wonderful name.